Welcome to the DadWork Podcast. My name is Kurt Storing, your host and the founder of DadWork. I'm joined today by Kyle Carnahan, and we're going to be talking about becoming a superhuman father. Guys, Kyle Carnahan is an absolute savage. He's one of the only people who's ever made me feel lazy. And that's saying something because I like to pride myself on uh, on being pretty active, doing a lot of stuff, doing the, uh, you know, get stuff done. That's, that's me. I, I'm doing as much as I can. And I feel like you know, in many things, in many ways, I'm, you know, top 80th percentile in activity and, and, and skills in a lot of things and just being effective. And yet Kyle reminds me that there's another 20% to go. And that's intense because man, there's not many people who I look at and go, Oh man, I could be doing so much more. Anyway, his community is called superhuman fathers. And while it's a lofty title to live up to, he absolutely delivers. In fact, after this podcast, we started talking business going back and forth, shooting ideas back. And I was like, man, I think I should join Superhuman Fathers because he was so inspiring to me, so supportive and so walking the walk. And the walk for him is just absolute savagery in every area of his life, including not just being jacked at age 41. He looks incredible. Not just being a father of five, not just being married for 20 plus years, but excelling in all of those things, not yelling at his kids, being a provider for his wife, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all those things. It's both sides of the spectrum, guys. It's not just, look, I'm jacked, I'm an alpha, and then you know I yell at my kids and they just need to obey me. He's dialed in. He's emotionally dialed in. All these things, all these disciplines, disciplining the mind and the body, they go all the way down to being gentle with your kids, to showing up for them, to being a good role model, to discipline everywhere. So guys, as you can tell, I'm pumped. For this, we go into a lot of different things in here, and I highly, highly recommend you give this a listen. And then make sure to follow Kyle on Instagram, Superhuman Fathers, and uh, you know you can sign up for a call with him at superhumanfathers.com. Good enough for me, and guys, it will kick your ass in the best possible way. So we're just going to dive in now. But if you have been enjoying the last few episodes, I felt pretty good last few episodes, actually, guys. I don't know what you guys think, but I'm getting some good feedback from that too. So if you have enjoyed those. Would you just head over to Apple real quick and leave a review? We've been getting a number of those coming in lately, and that is amazing, but I know we can do so much more. I would love to get this in the ears of more men who need it because, I mean, I'm getting a ton out of this, and like I said, I, I thought I was doing pretty well at some things, but I'm just reminded by guys like Kyle, guys like Jonathan, guys like Ryan, who over the last few weeks have been on the podcast, that there is so much more for me to learn, and I hope that it's been helpful for you guys to become amazing, world-class men, husband, and fathers. So guys, if you've been enjoying it, leave a quick review. It takes 30 seconds. Type out what you like about it. Give us a star rating. That would be fantastic. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. And uh, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, go to dadwork.curt on Instagram, D-A-D-W-O-R-K.C-U-R-T. Show notes, everything else, dad.work slash podcast. That is a lot. You'll hear more at the end in the outro to make sure that you get all those links. But let's dive in to this amazing episode with Kyle Carnahan of Superhuman Fathers. Here we go. All right, guys, here for another awesome episode of the Dad Work Podcast. I'm joined by Kyle Carnahan. And man, I was telling you before this, you're like one of the few guys that makes me feel like a lazy piece of shit. And I mean that in the best possible way. And like you and Goggins, maybe, but you are like even more raw somehow. So first of all, thanks for being here. Uh, I know you're crushing your day. And uh, the fact that this is part of it is a huge honor. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Like, um, that's like, the, we were just saying, like, that's the best compliment I could hear. Yeah. man you really make me feel like a piece of shit i'm like really <laughs> my little tear comes out i'm like i'm so glad <laughs> yeah dude that's that's incredible that it's uh 
that's like, uh, well, it's motivating for you too to get that because it's obviously what you're all about. And like, you're, if people haven't seen you before, uh, you started Superhuman Fathers, you're an intense dude. You're passionate, which is one of the things that I think is most encouraging about this. You're not just out there like telling guys they're pieces of shit. You're actually so passionate about making yourself and your own life so good that I can't help but be like, oh man, if Kyle can do this, like, dude, I'm like slacking here. So I, I kind of want to hear like the origin about superhuman fathers and like, first of all, maybe just give us an idea of what that is. And then I want to hear if you have always been a superhuman father or where this even came from. Yeah, man. First off, I, I just love people, man. Like, especially when someone's like, I got, I got a couple kids, you know, trying to hold down a job. Um, I'm struggling in my marriage a little bit, you know, having a good connection with my wife. I'm like, dude, already tears me up because I know what that's like. I know what going through life being not being aligned in these pieces feels like. And if it feels like darkness, feels like hopelessness, you feel stuck. And I don't know if I've talked about this on on other with other people or I think I've written about it maybe, but. When I was a kid, this is a weird story to explain this, but it's the only way I can explain it. My brother, we were at Family Fun Center back before Boomers was that. It's like where you go, bumper boats, bumper cars, video games and stuff, right? Right. So my brother, he's like, I'm probably seven, he's maybe nine. And he gets in one of these bumper boats. And he and it's like, it's got motorcycle handles, but he's holding it sideways. He thinks you're supposed to steer like this. So the dude's spinning around in circles. And... um Everybody's laughing at him. And it tore my heart in half to watch him out of control, not being able to figure out why he was spinning. And he, he was panicking. And everyone's laughing. And I'm dying inside. And he can't hear me. And I'm yelling, like, you got to turn the steering wheel. And he can't hear me. That moment I knew I was different, man. Like back when I was seven years old. People, when people hurt, it hurts me. And this has been the driving force of my life. So going back to how this started, I think the fitness side, man, like I've always been into it. Like as a kid, I grew up in the 80s, man, like WWF, G.I. Joe guys, like Thundercats, like every cartoon was all jack dudes, you know? And then I'm like this kid, this kid, skinny little kid. And I'm like, how do I look like that? <laughs> you know? So ever since I was a little kid, I was... I was learning about protein and like (laughs) aminos and supplements and like techniques to lift. And like, I was just obsessed with it, man. And athletics. And, and, and so that kind of just was all part of my life. I had a career before I was in the, um, in banking for like 10 years. And then the fallout of 2008 just destroyed everything. Um, and, uh, I had to start over. So I was like, well, shoot, I'll just become a fireman. You just decided to become a fireman after the banking thing. Was that like something you were interested in before? Or like, how did that come about? It was just, it was like, I had this full career, had a family, had houses, cars, retirement, and then it was all just gone. 28 year old man. And so I was just like, whoa, like reset button. Like, let's go have an adventure. And so uh, I became a paramedic and a fireman. And, um, and, I quickly became like the go-to guy for like body composition change in the firehouse. And so 
I had a lot of people and time to experiment with like different diet modalities, nutrition, meal timing, different workouts, different styles, and seeing what affected them, what didn't, how they changed faster, slower. Um, and, and then it quickly turned into like how it attaches to the rest of your life and how the mindset is everything. And I had a small Instagram group for superhuman fathers in the beginning. I started it because I was having trouble coming home from the firehouse and controlling my emotional reactions in the home. I would be aloof, sarcastic, snippy at best. I would kind of blow up. I was not consistent. I was not a consistent father. I knew it. And I wanted to change, but I didn't know how. I couldn't figure it out. It was like there's this monster inside me was controlling me. And, um, you know, my family was everything to me, but yet I was hurting them with just my presence, you know, um, just that underlying frustrated dad. And so I started this group and, uh, it was just some, some guys that were following me and we'd hold each other accountable. And, um, I would report when I was terrible and, you know, and, and, uh, I had a coach who was like, Hey, why aren't you helping these guys with the fitness side? And, and so I brought it to their, their attention and there was like 25, 30 guys were like, yeah, let's do it. And I got all those guys ripped. So now I'm sitting here, we've been working on our emotional reactions. And now I have these guys that are the most epic fathers. Cause this is a skill, which you're aware of <laughs> with what you do. Um, we, we got really good at being great dads, even when we were our worst. And then all these guys are jacked. So I have these jacked dads that are like the most patient, loving humans on the planet in their home. And I was like, this, this is superhuman fathers. And then it just spread like fire, man. Oh, like dude. 30 guys, 50 guys, 100 guys, 200, 250. Now we're at 300. And now, now right now, like we just hit 300. I'm like, we are the Oh, dude, that's amazing. Dude, I, I love the fact that that started from your own need. Um, and that's something I've noticed with a lot of guys around here. The only guys that I actually trust in the space are doing the thing because they needed it to begin with. Yeah. And so I, I love that. But like, were you bring me back to you before you were like you today? I know that you started from a young age being super passionate and engaged with people. And I know that you sort of like got the, the body composition thing down in the firehouse. But like walk me through fatherhood for you when you became a dad was that like a huge shift were you already like pretty aware of what's going on because you seem like you're super aware of how you're showing up but what did your actual fatherhood journey look like going from single or uh, you know married guy all of a sudden you got kids to where you are today what has been what have been some of the challenges along the way so another huge part of this which i talk about all the time is like I was unaware of how shitty I was in the beginning of my marriage. Like I was old school dad. I'd go work at the bank, you know, work a whatever eight hour day and then come home and kick my feet up and my wife would cook and clean and I would walk past messes and she would change the diapers. And I was like, yeah, I don't, that's, she, she's not working right now. That's her job, you know? And I was so surprised at why there was so much strife in my marriage in the beginning. And guess what I always said, which 
A lot of guys listen to this say it all the time. Oh, my wife's just crazy. No, you suck. <laughs> like, that's the answer. The answer is like, serve your family. Like, they are not, your wife is not your servant. Like, to be the ultimate father, you work all day, you come home, and that's when your real job begins. To be part of what's going on. All of it. Cooking, cleaning, diapers, like, all the bullshit. It's where our fulfillment lies. Like, every man says their family is the most important thing to them. But yet, we don't act like it. That's exactly right. The, um, <clears throat> I was talking to this uh, friend of mine, Dan Go, on this podcast, and he's like, so many guys say they'll die for their family, they'll die for their kids, but almost nobody's willing to live for them. And that's a fucking tragedy. And so I love what you're saying here is like, you know, the, the providing aspect. I talk to a lot of guys, and I'm sure you do too, who are like, dude, I got the job, I bring home the money. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. But that's like the very base level. Like that's, the that's very minimum. That's man. That's yeah. standard. Yeah, and then they, they don't take responsibility of all the things in their life. And like you said, it's either the wife's crazy or she's a narcissist or something, something, something. There's always an excuse. And she might and be. You, she might be. So what? Yeah. You chose her. Exactly. Oh, dude, I have been telling so many guys this. I made a post on marriage the other day and guys are like, oh, yeah, but what about my wife? I'm like, bro, it's your problem. You chose it. Your consequences, your responsibility show up as the best version of you. And literally, that's all you got to worry about. Yeah. So like, what, what are you telling guys inside the group? Cause I've got a bunch of questions on like, it's almost overwhelming to me how disciplined and motivated you are. And I know that a lot of guys don't really get that right away. And obviously the ones who are coming to you, they're like, Oh shit, I'm ready. But like, I notice a lot of guys need to be hit with a Mack truck before they change. Yeah. So what, how are you motivating guys to actually get in there in the first place and then stay motivated if they're not like intrinsically going to kill someone every moment of the day to be the best dad they can be? What's like, what are you seeing motivate guys who need a kick in the ass? So first we got to find out, we got to help them develop the vision for their future and who they truly want to become, who their conscience is pulling them towards. Right. And a lot of guys don't don't really know that they never thought about it. But if you take a guy and you're like, hey, man, so what do you do for work? And they're like, uh, I'm a plumber. And you're like, OK, how long have you been doing that? 20 years. How do you like it? Ah, that's all right. OK, so there's our first problem. Your your life, your livelihood is eh, that's all right. What do you what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Like, have you ever thought of like breaking off and starting your own thing on the plumbing side? They're like, yeah, you know, I've tossed it around a lot. Something I want to do at some point. And you're like, that point is today, my friend. Let me give you a list of things that you're going to start right now. And they're like, what? I'm like, yes, you're starting your business today. Congratulations. You're an entrepreneur. And that just something like that, it starts to light them on fire. Now they have hope, now they have vision, now they have future. And then we start to talk about, this is just one example. We start attaching our daily habits to being successful in that area. That's just one area of their life, right? So I go, hey, when you go to try to uh, get it, you're, let's say you're in plumbing construction, you're trying to land a big deal. Well, if my life is aligned and I, just, I got up early and I hit the gym and then I did some, some reading and work on myself and I got myself humble and grateful and I've been doing that every day and my diet style and my emotional response with my family are dialed, and I'm 
controlling my life. I'm in charge. I'm going to walk in there so confident that when I walk in the room, people are going to be like, who's that dude? Like, I'm going to have a presence because I earned it that day. And I go, when you go to, to make that sale, you're going to get that sale. If there's other people in the room, they're going to be like, that's the guy. So I attach great meaning to daily habits based upon what they want and their vision for themselves. That's one example, you know, and then we talk about the vision for their marriage, their family, their relationship with their kids. Then we talk about the vision physically, you know, like walking into that room with a vein coming down their neck, over their shoulder, down their bicep, you know, because they put on 20 pounds of muscle and they're sitting there at 8% body fat, just feeling like a beast when they look in the mirror. I mean, these are all just adding to the man. Yeah, man. One of the things I've been noticing with a lot of guys that are coming to me, they're like, you know, they want to do all this work in terms of like, oh, how do I show up better? How do I do the emotional control thing? How do I do this? And I'm like, okay, what are you doing to support the fact that you're a human being? It's like, they're not going to the gym. They're not eating well. They're not sleeping. They don't have relationships with other men. They're not doing any of these basic ground level things. Yeah. And you're telling us that like habits, man, and guys want more than that for some reason. It's like, we try to make it so fancy and it's like, nope, vision and habits. Yep. Is that it? Like what I feel like guys aren't going to believe it until they see the results, which by the way, you got to check out Kyle on Instagram. Cause man, I scroll through this kind of stuff. It's like the only thing I'm looking at these days. I'm like, Oh shit. I got to get to the gym. What am I doing with my life? Uh, but like anything else, man, like this is awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have to live it. I have to live it at a yes. level or they will not change. There will be no transformation of any superhuman fathers if leadership doesn't live it. Just like, just like steering any ship. And so I take that responsibility on my back to lead by example and live harder than my men. Um, so that, that's my charge is to, you know, I mean, life's so comfortable. It's so comfortable. It's so easy to slip into comfort. And I mean, the, the stuff I do, I don't, I, it's not special, man. I just, I get up when I say I'm going to do it. I get my workouts in, I eat right. And I treat my family right. But that is very much becoming an anomaly in this world. So all of a sudden, like, damn, Kyle, how are you so disciplined? Bro, I am living the standard. Like, yeah. standard, sir. Come live mm-hmm. standard with me. I am not special. I'm just doing what we are supposed to do. Yeah, I was talking about that with my wife literally yesterday. I was talking about how there's no standard anymore and you get called an asshole for calling people up to that standard. And there's no beauty in the world. There's no good in the world, it seems, because everyone's just lost the standard that being a human being should have. And especially when you're a dad and you've got people relying on you and you're, at least in my opinion, you're the man that your kids, your son is going to want to grow up to be and your daughter's going to want to grow up to marry. And if you're a piece of shit, and I mean that specifically because I've called myself a piece of shit when it's deserved. Same. Uh, dude, like you're going to treat, you're going to make your kids suffer for the rest of their lives because you're not willing to deal with your own stuff. Yeah. And so, like, what do, what do you, uh, man, I'm thinking about a couple of guys. I'm not going to call anyone out. But I'm thinking of a couple of guys who are like, oh, it's hard though. Like, I, I don't know if I can wake up because I keep like self-sabotaging. I hit that alarm clock. I hit this news button. Like, what's the, what's the solution to these guys who just can't get it? Is it that they're not driven enough because their vision isn't there? Or what is the thing that's self-sabotaging? The other, the other piece is like, I mean, 
Anybody who's killing it has massive accountability. They painted themselves into a corner of accountability from which there's no escape. Because the weak moments come, and there has to be something stronger there. So for me, I create massive accountability from the top, always hiring new coaches to teach me new things, to hold me accountable that I that I um, am reporting to, that I meet with weekly. They know what's going on. And then I have accountability from the bottom. I have my my group. I can't fail them. I would rather die. I will die for this message. Like, I'm to the point where, like, I have to follow through. So build your life in a place where you have accountability. You're not trying to go about this alone. I can't do it alone. So if you're living on your own island, it's no wonder you can't get up, you can't eat right, you can't get to the gym. Like, And you're frustrated because you can't follow through. So find yourself people that hold you accountable. You'll start following through. You'll start feeling less frustrated. You'll see results. You'll get excited. And then guess what? It's easier to treat the people you love with love, compassion, patience, energy when you feel good about yourself. So those are are pieces, man. Accountability, leadership, vision, purpose, discipline. Yeah. If your life sucks, um, man, it's just like it's it's so obvious that you're going to be angry. Right. Like some of these guys are like, oh, I don't know where this anger comes from. It's like, dude, does your life suck? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's why I'm so angry all the time. Uh, But what about this piece about like not yelling at the kids, not being snippy, like the emotional side of things? Because I think at least from what I'm seeing in some of these so-called like, I don't know, men's spaces, the guys are either on the far end of like, oh, just get shit done, man, and get jacked and all the rest. Or they're like, oh, just feel your feelings. It's all good. And like you seem to combine that with like an awareness of the emotional side of things and the physical dominance. What does it look like to talk about the emotional side of things and get into a place where you're not yelling at your kids because you're just triggered? Like, did that take specific skills learning? Do you do things like quiet prayer and meditation in the morning? Like, what is the thing that makes you not yell at the kids? Because that trigger might still be there, but you got to hold yourself to account. Maybe it's all the things you already said, but I wonder if there's more there. Yeah, I think... um for me, I attach my manhood to being able to control my emotions, right? So like to me, like I don't want to be a bitch. I want to be an alpha. A real alpha is in control of his emotional reactions. He's a rock. He's steady. He's dependable, meaning like your wife and your kids know who's showing up today because he's the same. He's steady. You know, they don't have to worry about like, hey, who's walking through the door? Is it, is it angry dad? I, I don't know. Is he, was he stressed at work today? Like, that's a bitch. Like, you, that guy is, is weak and is giving in to the easier road. Anytime we take the easier road, we're going to screw up our lives. Like, our conscience always wants to take the harder road. Do the harder thing. Get up earlier. Work harder. Be more patient. Control your food, restrain yourself. Like, this is discipline. Discipline is manhood. Discipline is leadership. And so I I just attached it, man. And so um, what I tell guys is I say, day, day, kind of a day, right? Get up early in the morning, set a wake-up time. It is non-negotiable. Set your alarm on the other side of the room. Like, that wake-up is non-negotiable. Now, if you miss that wake-up, we got to figure out why where the disconnect is, but here's the plan. 
you wake up at that time every day. Whatever you say you're going to do, you have to follow through. Otherwise, you're going to have inner turmoil. You wake up, you try to get yourself as humble and grateful as possible. Understand that I also wake up in a negative state a lot of the times, like grumpy, ungrateful, when I right when I wake up. So that's normal, my friends. Now, what, do you, what should you do? If you believe in God, get on your knees and pray and just thank him for the blessings in your life. Take a few minutes. Otherwise, meditate, write. I do a lot of writing in the mornings, um, and I try to find my gratitude. Now, you may or may not find it. What helps is very difficult physical activity. That is the next step. So get yourself either in the gym or go do something and do something that is going to push you to the point where you don't think you can finish. You're a little scared. Maybe you're so out of breath that it's very uncomfortable. Like that will help you find your gratitude. That'll help you earn your gratitude. Why that is hard shit just taps us in. It, it puts us in the flow state when we do hard stuff and we feel proud of ourselves. Um, and so that's my, that's the mornings. And then the battles you're going to face as a man, I simplify this one with food. If you're gluttonous with food and drink, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to treat people like shit. You just are, you're going to be misaligned. This is, this is from my research working with hundreds of men. When, when you are in control of food and drink, you're going to be in control of your emotional responses. It's the same muscle that you use because you have to be present. So you have to be in the moment so that when you see the bag of Doritos or the donut, you don't just mindlessly eat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you're like, man, I can't lose weight. It's like, I have to now think, okay, no, I have goals. I have a vision. I have plans. This is not what I said I would do. So I'm going to abstain from that. Like you have to be present. That same thing happens later in the day when you're tired, it's after work. And your wife's like, you never tell me that I'm beautiful. You all, all you, all you do is sit around or whatever. And maybe you're actually killing it, but your wife's giving you a hard time and you want to dig your heels in and tell her how awesome you are and how hard your life is. Well, it's that same muscle to stop and be like, Hey, you seem frustrated, honey. Is there something I can help you with? Like, what do you need? Like you just saved your marriage. You start doing that. Instead of arguing, like you just saved your marriage just with that. And then be like, what does she need? What does she usually do around here? Oh, there's dishes in the sink and the laundry needs to be done. You're like, maybe I'll just do that. And then you do that. You do those things and you ask how you can help your wife and you give her good energy. Guess what? You just saved your marriage. Congratulations. Man, this is already fire, man. Thank you. Uh, okay. So I was going to ask you about your day, but I think you sort of got into that already. Um, question is, do you ever have days where you just mess up? And what happens when you do? What is the self-talk? What happens when you've fallen off somehow or some reason or some guy in your group falls off? How do you get back on without cratering? Because I know personally when I screwed up, I used to just be like, oh, Man, I'm, I'm like not a piece of shit in the way that's going to motivate me, but I should just quit. How do you stop that? So this is called a struggle for a reason. And so emotion has to be just deleted out of the game. Like this is a system that we're moving the wires around like a computer to optimize it. And so 
like, like in my team, like I need my guys to feel comfortable being honest with me, you know? So like guilt and shame, that only comes if you quit, man, really. Like if you quit, then you deserve it. But if you're, if you're still pressing forward, forgive yourself immediately. And I talk about the quick comeback. Like anytime you either sleep in when you said you wouldn't or you have a day where you eat shitty or you have some drinks and you said you weren't going to, it's like get back on the train immediately and know you're human. Like this is the game. This is like a skill, like learning how to play basketball. Like you're not going to go out there and kill it right away. Like it takes practice. This is a practice. And so with practice over time, like years, you will get really good at it. As long as you don't let yourself get dragged into the shame cave and spend five years just sitting around giving up, being like, I guess I'm not good at basketball. Dude, no one's good at basketball right when they start. No one. And this is no different. It takes time to get good at it. Yeah. And especially, I mean, like the, the thing that a lot of guys don't understand as well is like, first of all, it's a skill, like you just said, but when you've never been taught that skill, when you've never had men around you to, ex- to exhibit that skill or to show you what's possible, of course, you're going to think that the bar is like right here. And I think you showing up the way you do, especially on Instagram and with your guys, like you're just putting the bar so much higher and guys are like, Oh, I didn't even realize that could be achievable. And suddenly they just like, go ahead. So what you're saying about brotherhood, I found like that changed my life. As soon as I got around other men and they were like, Hey dude, you said you're going to do this. What the fuck? Yep. It's like, Oh no, you're right. And suddenly I've got this North star that I can never deviate from. Cause they're going to see me fail. Yep. And like, Oh dude, as soon as I knew that that was the case. So I guess, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this other than to say like, you need brothers in your life. And I love that you got a brotherhood. I love, we got men's groups as well. So if you don't have that in your life and you don't know what it looks like, and you've never been taught by your father, because maybe he didn't know any of this kind of stuff too. You have to do that. Like you said, practice. The guys aren't coming onto the Super Bowl after, you know, playing one game in the season, they're practicing every single day and you get to see them at their best. And I think what you're saying is the Super Bowl is every single day when you get home from work. That That's at least what it sounds like. Bro, every day to me, is an impossible battle. Like, I set it up that way. To where, like, every day feels like I'm going to the last war of my life. From the early wake-up to the amount of work I'm going to put in to the level of energy I'm going to give to my family. I set my day up so at 4 o'clock from 4 to 6.30 is pure, focused family time. Do you have any idea how I exhausted I am at 4 o'clock? I mean, to, to a level that will just kill a normal man. I've had to work myself into this point. Why do I do that though? Because if I can give them my best when I'm the most exhausted, the most hungry, the most over it, then I am undeniable. Like I'm the undeniable father. And so I practice giving them the ultimate father when I am at my worst. Sounds crazy. I know. But see, chaos is coming, man. Hard times are coming. Like you're going to have dark years in your life can you still show up for them when you are suffering that's a father that's a selfless man yeah because it, oh, man this is hitting so hard because I, as i look through my life i had these dark moments and the reason that i'm here is because of you know getting out of it and trying to help guys get out of it as well 
But I don't excuse those times in my life when I don't show up for my kids because I know that this is their life on the line. Yeah. Literally, the way they grow up will be impacted directly by their relationship to me. And if I have an off day or an off year or whatever, however long it is, I can't just go like, hey, guys, can you stop growing for like a month? I'm having a hard time. Yep. They're going to get every single moment of that. And if you can't show up, like you just said, in the hardest times, they're going to learn that it's okay to crater. They're going to learn that you're not there for them. They're going to learn that you weren't important enough or that they weren't important enough for you to try hard enough to fix. Yep. And that's like the future regret that I just can't let myself live with. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. So if you're not motivated to do this kind of stuff, start there. Yeah. Um, one thing uh, that I implemented that was really helpful that guys can implement is I, I started having uh, just non-negotiables with my family because we, we'll, we'll do it with fitness. Like, all right, I'm going to, uh, hit hit these numbers or I'm not going to eat this shit uh, and I'm going to get my workout in every day at this time. And then with your business, you're like, I'm going to make this many calls and whatever. We have these non-negotiables with our family. Like how often do we have non-negotiables in our family? Like very rare. So each kid gets 10 to 15 minutes of dad's focus time every day. And they choose what they want to do. Like my son, my 14 year old, we play a game of pool together. My oldest son, he's starting his own coaching business for kids. I help him with that. My other kid likes Fortnite. I freaking hate Fortnite. We play Fortnite. Um, I read a book to my little girl, and I play handball with my 10-year-old. So I got five that I got to hit, 10 to 15 minutes. That, that will change your relationship with your kids just because they know how tired you are, and they know you're grinding, but yet every day, every day, like clockwork, you're showing up for them. Hey, let's play our game. Let's play our game. Let's play our game. And – because most of the time, what do we do? We sit at dinner and you're like, how was your day? And they're like, good. These are teenagers, right? Good. And you're like, what'd you do? Learn some shit. You know, and you're like, all right, good talk. You know, but when you're playing and doing what they want to do and showing that you're willing to put forth the effort, um, it's just a game changer. Yeah, man. We, uh, we talk about getting like those one-on-ones with the kids in the schedule, so that they're, like you said, non-negotiables. Yeah. So that they can, not only do they look forward to them, but you can't skip them. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous, man. Like when I'm tracking, I was trying to figure out how do I track if I'm being a good dad or not. I added this section to my journal that was like, did I show up as a good father with them one-on-one time, all the rest of that stuff. So I track in my journal now. Yeah. Every day I do one-on-one. Every day that I'm showing up with them. Every day I'm not showing up with them. So I can actually track. And my end goal is like, I want to have you know, nine to one or 10 to one or a hundred to one or a thousand to one good to bad show ups. And now it's tracked. Yeah. So I can go back in my journal and be like, man, I had a, cra- a really bad month and then fix it. So I think I love what you're saying about like making it, um, being accountable to that time, not just like this ooze of family time where you're checking your phone and you're checked out. Oh man, it's gross. Uh, um, dude, that's so good. Like just that right there. Like people listen to this guy. He knows. <laughs> I'm telling you, like just that right there. I mean, that took me like 15 years of being a dad to figure that one little nugget out. Yeah, well, <laughs> dude, it's take, it's taken me nine years, so I don't feel any better about it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually curious about like you're saying how how dead you are, how you know fatigued and all this kind of stuff. How much do you actually sleep? Um, usually four four hours a night right now. And is that something you've trained down to? Yes. See, okay. so I was in I was in the firehouse for almost 15 years, or at least as a paramedic and then in the firehouse for 12. 
and uh and and sleep like sometimes you go three four days like with very minimal sleep um and you kind of get used to it um and so like sleep is good you need sleep um and i I wouldn't tell anyone to sleep four hours a night unless they have literally are pushing forth a vision that uh they'll die for and they're maximizing their time they're they're they are uh creating time by sleeping less and then um compressing time by really planning their days and and making sure that it's that it's worth it because when you get up early and and you're sacrificing the sleep like time becomes very precious you know you're giving it you're giving time like that respect of your sacrifice and so each moment becomes so precious to you that you don't want to waste it you know um so but right now i mean i'm in a place where like i'm just enjoying the suffering man like like i'm i'm enjoying the challenge of what it means to build something amazing and having great purpose behind it and and just seeing what i'm made of yeah man that's so that's so inspiring and i think that's where i anticipated there being a lot of pushback guys going like oh well i need like you know 8 hours or i need this amount or i need whatever and i don't know i don't really know too many dads that get 8 hours to be quite honest with you, you um yeah but- you don't need shit like what what is the tagline? We need the least, we do the most. What is the? Yeah, it's right here. We do, we the, do most. the most. We need the we th- need the least. Oh, dude, that's it, eh? That's that it. is it. Can you tell me tell me more about no needs? Because I think a lot of guys are going to be triggered by that, and I'm gl- I'm glad about it. But go into that if you could. I love triggering guys. It's great. Yeah, I'd rather trigger you now than 20 years from now when you fucked up and your kids are leaving you and you're like a terrible father, right? I don't know if that's how you think, but I like that. Yeah, man. We do the most. We need the least means um, I don't matter. When I say that, I mean my feelings don't matter. Like if I'm going to truly lead, then I get the scraps, right? So that means how can I serve you? How can I help you? I'm here for you. I require nothing from you for me. Okay? Now, it's a hard pill to swallow when you first think about it. But let me tell you something. When you have that life attitude, you receive everything. Everything. Like, you want fulfillment in life? Live that mantra. You want to feel on fire like your feet don't even touch the ground? You want purpose? Live that mantra. Do that for your wife. I require nothing from you. I am here to serve you. Guess what? Most of the time, they'll watch you and they'll start to give you more because you 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 are just there to serve and you're teaching them how to truly lead and how, how to be in a marriage, how to be in a relationship. And in the beginning, yeah, it will be lopsided. Yes, you will do more. That's what I want. I want to do the most and they will start to take on that same mantra just because you are that's leadership. Yeah, man, the, um, that's the thing that's so it's almost paradoxical. If you haven't tried it before, if you actually just put yourself last and do everything for everyone else, it's obviously going to make them, like you said, I'm glad that you put that caveat. That's going to be harder at the beginning or maybe forever, maybe forever. And that's okay. Deal with that because there's a lot of guys that I'm talking to 
are looking to express their needs and they want things, but they attach expectation to it. So they're like, okay, how can I get this? Yep. And it's like, dude, wrong question. Yep. You should be giving it first and showing up as a leader. And that's how you get what you need. And in that leadership, at least I think I'm experiencing it. I feel more fulfilled doing that than I do from receiving anyway. So I don't know. That's another. Yeah. Part, and you know, it, like positive and like, it, like in a marriage, it's like, okay, are you planning on staying with this woman? Well, yeah, but she and this and that, and she the, does this and this and that. Okay. Are, are you planning on staying with this woman? Yes. Okay. So you're not going to leave because you have two choices. You, if you can't handle it and you can't accept whatever it is that you have in front of you, good, bad, and ugly, then you need to leave. Like you can't handle it. Don't sit in the gray area. You're either all in or you're all out. And if you're all in, that means you accept everything that you're carrying it on your back. That's a very empowering thing in a marriage to just, if I'm here, I got you all your problems, all of your shortcomings. Like I'm going to help you, Like that that's it. The, um, the thing that dad just brought up is this idea of like a victim mentality. Like I think a lot of guys, if you don't take responsibility for something, you become a victim to it. But I found that as soon as I just take like 100% responsibility for everything that's going on in my life and my house, even if it's not my fault, so to speak, like suddenly I can fix it. So is this what you're seeing as well? Like it just removes any potential to be a victim? Yeah, because there are so many things we can do, even in a shitty situation, to better our situation. And if we're blaming it on another person... Um, we're just, we're going to be blind to it. We're going to go through life just ignorant and unmotivated. So it's just always better to be like, okay, I can't fix that. I just accept it. That's the way it is. What can I do? Like, what, what do I have control over? That's it. Yeah, man. The, um, I noticed the other day you shared something about, um, how your own brotherhood helped you. And I love this story, man. I don't know if you want to share it again about your, uh, your son, telling lies and how you figured that out and what that meant to you. Do you mind walking us through that? Cause man, that touched me. Yeah. I, you know, so I'm sitting here leading this movement, right? And I got my own problems and I need help. I'm dealing with things I've never dealt with before. And you know, my 10 year old lied to me three times in the same week. Um, and, uh, I've never had to deal with that with my other kids. It's been pretty easy. Um, and so I told, I told my son, I go, Hey, lie to me again. We're going in the desert. We're going to walk in the, we're going out to the desert, no food, no water. We might die. <laughs> so listen, this is what I said. Good parenting, bad parenting. I don't know. That's what I said. Well, he, he, he lied to me again. Now these are little lies. Like he, there was a cookie mess all over the place. And he's like, I didn't throw any cookies. And I was like, this sounds like you might be going down the lie route. And he's going like, no, it wasn't me. I go, I'll give you one more chance. And he's like, I threw one. And then I, I talked to his brother. He's like, dude, he threw like 20 of them. And I was like, that's it. You know, so I was like, I was like, went full boot camp on him, you know. And um, he's 10. No, he's eight. He's eight years old. So, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to teach you a lesson now. And I had this whole plan of like going on this long hike and making it real difficult. And I was being pretty gruff, you know, like I got to show him. So I, I have a Zoom call with my team like in 10 minutes. I was like, all right. So I like was like, all right, 
uh, I'm gonna have you wash the walls. So I've got them like work working in the house, and I go on the Zoom call, and I was like, hey, I'm in a conundrum, guys. Like, what do I do with this kid? Like, I think I may have just like blown this out of proportion and gone super hard, but I don't know what to do. And so then I've got like 35 guys on the Zoom call that have, many of them have experienced the same thing. A lot of them have older kids. And then we have this round table. And one of the guys, he says, hey, go downstairs, pick up your son and just hold him. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him you understand how hard it is. Tell him that even as a grown man, you're going to deal with the same temptations. Tell him that he can always tell you the truth, even after he lied. And tell him that you're going to help him work through it. And uh, that's what I did. And he didn't get to go to his friend's house that he planned the next day. You know, we followed through with some of the punishments, but I didn't take him to the desert and let him die of thirst. Um, and I think sometimes uh, I had an epiphany in that group as well, where we were talking about where he's the youngest son. My oldest two got a lot of attention. Um, and then he's the, he's the fourth son. And then the baby came in, my daughter. And so he's kind of the lost child. He's He's gotten the shortest end of the stick in our family. And so, you know, through our, through the council, like, I realized he needs extra attention and love. So what do I do? I put it in the plans. Like, okay, we're getting off balance. This boy needs his dad more than the other ones right now. And and so an adjustment had to be made. Man, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. And that's that's so relevant for me right now, and it's a great reminder for me. We just found out... Last week, uh, we're expecting number four, and uh, man, like I'm, I'm seeing it already. We told the kids, and it's just like it's getting them out of alignment with that because they're like, "Dude, like you're gonna, I'm not gonna be the baby anymore, and I'm not gonna do this, and I'm not gonna do this." And so I appreciate you sharing that, and I want to, like, I'm, I'm curious where the, sorry, two seconds. Sorry, man. Kids at the door. Two seconds. Hey, you're okay. Oh, sorry, dude. You're all right. Got uh, my wife left the uh, middle one here, and uh, he's freaking out that the stove is on, but it's supposed to be on. So. There we go. Oh, man. Anyway, the question I was going to ask is, what was it about telling that story that brought up the emotion? I'm curious what what's charged in there for you, because I was really like, I'm, I'm appreciative that you just went for it. Yeah, I, I don't want to hurt my kids. Man. Like, and I know, I know from all the stories I've heard and the men I've worked with and just my own experience, like we can damage their futures through consistent hurtful action that we're ignorant of so easily. I mean, most guys carry scars from their father 
for their entire lives. And when I think about being that for my kids, it crushes me. I refuse to let that happen. That's beautiful, man. We talk about this so-called father wound on here fairly regularly because so many guys have it. Yeah. And part of doing this work, part of like breaking the chains, if your dad didn't show up the way you want him to show up or whatever, is, um, is like this double-edged sword. On the one hand, you're seeing your own father and you're like, man, he was just a man suffering, struggling, didn't know what to do. I'm carrying that pain. I can forgive him. At the same time, I see what I am doing to my own children and how do I not let that, what happened to me or however I felt about it, happen to them? And taking that burden, I think, is like the best thing that I've ever tried to do in my life. And again, like, I'm, I'm sitting here going like, dude, I'm nothing. You know, Kyle's just like jacked and got it all sorted out. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm not even going to say that I'm doing any of this stuff. But as I'm trying to think about this stuff, like, man, there could be no greater burden on earth as a man for me than to be the dad who broke that chain and was the foundational rock that was leaning against nothing but his own suffering. And then my kids don't have to experience that. I don't know what could be more beautiful. Like that is, that's perfection for me as a man. And I, I don't know, man, like that's, it's hard to get more motivated than that. The demons that we do not slay in ourselves will be carried on by our children. A hundred percent. And imagine being the guy who didn't attack his demons and pass them on to his kids. Yep. That is pathetic. And I hate that. I will not let that happen. And obviously you're not going to let that happen either, man. Thank you, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> what else do guys need to be called out on? What are the things that you're seeing that men are getting comfortable with? specific issues that like you said they might not even be aware of but that are like quiet killers are there things that are coming up in your communities that you're getting guys to stop or to be aware of so that they don't fall off the cliff the average man inspires no one and a lot of the turmoil that men have is they're living in their average or below average life and they know they're meant for something more and and so you you look at your life and you say okay what doesn't serve me what is my vision and what doesn't serve me and i mean you can make a list like if it's if there is some sort of chasing after a feeling of dopamine release or pleasure that's getting in the way of your vision for yourself or your relationship with your family or your energy to take your body to where it needs to go or, um, or it's holding you back from building the business or the creative pursuit that you have. Like that's got to go. Like just get rid of it. You, you will always win by getting rid of it. And if you have it, an inclining that you should get rid of something, you should get rid of something. It's like when someone's like, Hey, should I do this or this? And I go, what one's harder? They go this one. I go do that one. The harder path is always the right path. You will get in alignment and pull power from the universe and fulfillment, however deep you want to go into that. So it's up to you, like how deep you want to go. Like you want to go full warrior monk status, like make your life harder. The harder you're going to make your life and the more you can handle that that level of suffering, 
the more powerful leader you're going to be, the more confidence you're going to have, and the more presence you're going to have. And so you assess your life. What are the things that I'm doing that don't align with my conscience? It could be drinking, could be gluttony, could be laziness. It could be your emotional reactions, the way you, you dig in in arguments with your wife. Could be ego scratching, right? Like if you're doing things just to get that ego itch, like, oh, that's the same thing as like chasing pleasure, man. Like scratching that little ego, that'll make you miserable too. All these things that we, that they're not necessarily bad things, but when we put our heart on them, we're going to be miserable because they're fleeting. They're not lasting. They're not going to give you true fulfillment. So pleasure, fulfillment, you know, (laughs) they're very, they're on different levels. And if we're always seeking the low level, we're going to get low level fulfillment in life, low level pleasure. Yeah, man. Sorry. Pardon me for two seconds. I have to lay the smack down. <laughs> Test of patience. It's real, dude. This is real. This is, uh, I've been doing this is like 104 episodes now. That's the first time that I've ever had like a legitimate child interruption. And I've been expecting it this whole time. So uh, anyway, here we go, living the real life. And that's me not screaming at my children, everyone, even though I'm being interrupted, I'm feeling a little bit activated and it's good because in the back of my mind, I'm like, imagine if I didn't mute this and then I'm talking about this and you have this whole thing going like, oh, screaming at your kid, screaming at your kid. And Kyle's like, what the fuck is wrong? No, no, that'd be good. That's real. That's real. (laughs) That is real, man. So anyway, uh, man, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit flustered now. Uh, okay. Actually, let's go to there. What about when your kids are coming in and interrupting you? Are there things that you set boundaries around? Do you still find yourself getting upset about things like that? I know you talked a little bit about like the boundaries with your kid lying to you, but what are some of like the parenting principles or the active in the moment I'm starting to get upset that you employ? Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm still a hard ass dad. Like, I, like we do a lot of burpees in my house. Like I, I give my kids a, I put an allowance on the, on the whiteboard. Start them. I give them. I give them. A, I put fifty bucks up there for the week for each kid, and then anytime they don't do their chores, um, they're disrespectful to their mom or each other. Anytime, anytime they leave some trash out, they lose five bucks. And, um, and and. Like that, that helps me to not like blow up and yell. I just change the number and it's like, you got to fall through, man. Can't be disrespectful. But like a couple things in my house that I don't put up with is disrespect to each other or to me or their mom. Like we, we, it's zero chances. Like you're losing money. You're doing burpees. Like we just are not disrespectful in our home. Now, when I say we're not, um, there's still a lot of disrespect that goes in my home. <laughs> I have mainly from my 10 year old and my eight year old, those two, man, they're at each other's throats. Um, they are just fighting constantly. So they, uh, the last two weeks ended up with $0 at the end of the week, both of them. So, um, 
but yeah, man, I get triggered. I just try. That's why I try to do that so that I can, uh, I can enforce it a different way rather than yelling or like losing my mind, you know? Yeah, dude, that's such a, like a, a beautiful, a beautifully simple way to put it because when there are boundaries and consequences. So I used to, uh, I used to think you just needed to punish, right? Like be punitive, be hard, all the rest of that kind of stuff. And then I would get drawn into the emotion of it. Yeah. Be like, oh man, like you need to be punished. Can't believe you did this. And I would just try and get in there. And it was like, oh dude, I, I know I'm trying to hurt them right now. This is yeah. not about teaching them a lesson. Yeah. And discipline is about teaching a lesson as late. I mean, as far as I'm concerned yeah. when it comes to in the house. So we've just moved to, like you said, consequences. And it could be loss of money. It could be burpees. It could be, you don't get to do this. It could be now you can't play. Now you can't go to your friend's house. But it's completely non-emotional yes. because eventually they learn what the consequence is in when you tell them up front. And it's like, hey, dude, like you said, you know this is going to happen yeah. and you chose to do the thing. So you are responsible for the thing, not my problem. Yeah. And I think that's teaching them so much more to be responsible for everything in their lives and learn what we're talking about here, which is brutal responsibility in your life for everything. Yeah. I think I think see, sometimes we try to punish our kids with yelling and they just don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, not it, it's going to go so numb and they're going to be like, OK, I got yelled at, but there wasn't any consequence. Like, that's that's better. They're like, oh, OK, well, I just get yelled at. Yeah. And then you get upset when they yell at their you know siblings or you or their mom or something like that. And you're like, oh, man, where'd you get that from? It's like, dude. You know, like I know my kids talk a certain way because before I figure some of this stuff out, they still say things yeah. that I'm like, oh, I can't believe I told them that. And they're repeating it back to me. Yeah, it's I still like, have no those moments where like your kids do something and then I see myself in my kid and I'm like, oh, there's another thing I got to work on. Like, <laughs> like where like I was kind of, I'd be ignorant of it. And then I, I'm like, wonder where they learned that. Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, man. Parenting was a thing that like revealed myself to myself more than anything else. I think it's been like the single greatest thing in my path to becoming a better man was just being reflected back every part of myself that I did not like, because apparently that's how your kids show up is they just like mirror everything back to you that sucks. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a great learning experience for me. Um, I mean, my, my own personal question is like, how do I get jacked, bro? Uh, but other than that, I want to know, I want to know uh, where guys can find you because you have to father, or, pardon me, you have to follow Kyle on Instagram. And if that doesn't jack you up so much and like start doing this kind of stuff, then I imagine you want to join him. But can you just give us like a quick overview of what you're doing, where people can find you and how to dial in to superhuman fathers? Yeah. The best spots to Instagram. Um, you know, we're still pretty fresh and new as a business, maybe 14 months. And, uh, so we're, we're working on the, getting the website dialed in and all that stuff. But Instagram's just been like the place to connect with people the most, like feel free to reach out, DM me with any questions, thoughts, like, um, I'm all over the community and I love it. And I, the message that I get from uh, the, my community, just like, just very, very uplifting. Even the haters, like I've learned to really love the hate, like just love it. I'm like, Oh, look at this one. This guy's in pain. Uh, oh dude. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Thank I you. mean, yeah, so, so you're going to have a message that's going to change the world. You are going to ruffle some feathers, man. Yeah, I'm getting used to that right now because I used to say things that were kind of, I didn't really know what I was doing and I was just putting some stuff out there and I got more clear on what I'm here for. Yeah. And the hate has been like off the charts. And I'm just thinking like, man, these I want to fight these guys. 
And how am I going to use this for positivity now? And it's so clear almost every time I'm just like, oh man, like I'm sorry you got hurt. And they're just like, what? <laughs> and that's what it is, man. And that's what we're trying to stop our kids from doing. What, what, um, what does your actual program look like? Is it like a weekly call? Is it one-on-one coaching? How can guys work inside? So, do we, we have a lot of contact. We do five Zoom calls a week. Um, just because like, if you're going to live like a savage at this level, like you have to be reminded of your vision, your purpose every day. So we connect a lot. We have, uh, we have our own app where you have a, we have a group chat in that group chat. We, we report our nutrition every single night. We report our wake up times. Um, we read a book together every week. Uh, my wife and I run a zoom call called marriage mastery. Um, we do, we have our original group, Assholes Anonymous, which is the best name ever. I love it. Um, and uh, and then we also uh, have uh, Transformation Tuesday where one of our guys who went through this whole process and had massive change in his business, his family, and his fitness talks about what he learned and kind of how the philosophies helped his life. Those are really my favorites. Um, and then uh, all we just give – all the details of exactly how to get that massive transformation. Um, and uh, we do a year-long coaching and mentoring program right now because even on the fitness side, if you want this to stick, and every single one of my guys that's ever had a transformation with me, they're still jacked. Every single one of them. Like, find somebody that can say that. Because yeah, that's intense. mind and heart, my friend, when the change is deep, it sticks. You know, so that's what we work on the mind and the heart. And we prepare the man to live consistently at a high level and, and continue in every aspect of life to level up together. Cause if you're doing, if you're picking and choosing the whole thing's going to fall apart, it has to all be one. That's intense, man. And our guys report every week, their pictures, their weight, and we just make adjustments as necessary to make sure we're making progress. Amazing. Dude, well, this has been a pleasure. I'm extra glad that we actually got to connect face-to-face, even though it's on Zoom um, or whatever we're on. Anyway, dude, I appreciate what you're doing so much because, like I said, uh, it takes a lot to make me feel like a lazy piece of shit, and uh, you've accomplished it. So uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to sign up and be your next uh, client inside of your, your group, man. Hey, man. So thank you for being here, dude. You'd be, a, you'd be one of them 100-day uh, guys. You're already, you already got like the athletic look, man. Well. I feel I feel terrible being on this call. I'm like, oh, dude, Kyle's so jacked. I'm glad no one's seeing the video. <laughs> Off on, it's good man. though. It's it's awesome motivation, and uh, and I will. Okay, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate this, and that's on Instagram. I'll put those show notes. Pardon me. I'll put the links in the show notes. Dad slash podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you've enjoyed this conversation. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Dad Work Podcast. That's it for this episode. But if you would like to stay in touch between weekly episodes, why don't you go over to Instagram and follow me there? Because I drop a number of things throughout the week that are related to what we talk about on this podcast, but usually go a little bit deeper, provide some tips. You can find me on Instagram at dadwork.curt. That's D-A-D-W-O-R-K dot C-U-R-T. And please, if you have been getting something out of this podcast, if it has touched you, if it has improved your marriage, your parenting, or your life, would you please leave a quick review on Apple or Spotify? Leave a rating. If you have a few extra seconds, leave a quick review. That's the best way that we can get this work in the hands of more fathers. And I truly believe that we change the world 
one father at a time, because each father that parents better, that loves better, raises children who do the same. And in just a couple of generations, I feel like we could be living in a world much better than the one we live in today. Your review will help along that path. And I thank you so much for being here to listen. Until next week, we'll see you then.